Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, hello everyone and happy Thursday. Also, a very happy St. Patrick's Day for whether you wear green or orange. I hope that you have a wonderful day where you get in touch with your either Celtic roots or the roots that you would like to be Celtic. It is always really great when we have a chance to have holidays that incorporate so much of another culture. And it allows us a chance to really explore it and it's not just about, you know, $2 beers that have green food die in them, but it's about connecting with a culture, with a people, with, you know, going, wow, they're different, but, man, that is kind of cool, the music and the dancing and, you know, it's just so much fun. And St. Patrick's Day is one of my favorites. One, because green is, in fact, my favorite color, and two, because it is a culture that I resonate very, very strongly with. So, happy St. Patty's Day. So, the regular stuff, if you're in the L.A. area, the call-in number is 424-258-9337. And for everyone else, including all of those right here in the San Francisco Kiss Me, I'm Irish or Would Like to Be Bay Area, the guest call-in number is toll-free, 877-697-9725. Now, as we continue our month of the healer, today we're going to be talking about the business of healing. And while generally the focus of being a healer is, you know, that wonderful spiritual energetic aspect, some choose to create a career and actually make their livelihood by providing that healing to others. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that this is so tremendously satisfying. It is amazing. I cannot imagine doing anything else and loving it as much as I do. I mean, you know, it, when I get up in the morning, it's not like I have to go to work. I get to go to work. Now, that said, there are a lot of things to consider before making that leap. And today we're going to be discussing some of those things that you might want to consider. Because I know there's a lot of folks who would love to set up a practice where they provide either spiritual counseling or, you know, maybe you're a psychic and you'd like to do readings. Or more likely, you might be a body worker or maybe an energy worker where, you know, you have your little space and they lay down on a table and, you know, you move the energy to help them feel better. This is really a wonderful thing to be able to do. And it actually is a tremendously, you know, large industry. I mean, millions. Right here in California, you know, more than 5 million, and that's probably, you know, just because those are the ones who admit to it, are receiving a lot of their health care services from what's called complementary alternative health healthcare practitioners. And what we mean by complementary and alternative, basically that means um, not a part of the conservative 
standard medical practices, which would be like, you know, doctors and physical therapists and, you know, all all of the, the mainstream folks who are licensed by the state. Now, let's say you are an energetic worker, and we'll use it as an example Reiki, because uh, Reiki is tremendously popular. And for those of you who don't know what Reiki is, Reiki is an energetic healing modality that focuses on uh, the way that your body is allowing the energy within it to flow. And if that flow is disrupted or sort of clogged up in some spaces, then the energy as transmitted through the Reiki practitioner moves through, finds those places that aren't flowing and gets them flowing. So, you know, that's a tremendously, tremendously simplistic view. So if you're a Reiki master out there, you know, hey, you know, you know that I don't mean any offense to it. I just wanted to break it down so we can, you know, quickly kind of look at it. So the idea of the Reiki practitioner is that, you know, you would have somebody who would either sit in a chair or, you know, lay face up like on a massage table, and then you would place your hands in some traditions. The person places their hands over the body, and they don't actually come in physical contact. Or you place your hands on the body. And, you know, that depends on a lot of different types of things, how you were trained and, you know, exactly what type of Reiki that you're doing. The most important piece is, is that in many cities and which cities are regulated pretty much um, on a case-by-case basis as far as healing, alternative healing practitioners. And for, let's say, massage therapists, here in California, you could, you know, if, if I was a massage therapist in San Francisco, I would need to be certified through San Francisco. Now, this is assuming you don't have your national certification. There's a lot of massage therapists and body workers out there who, you know, for whatever reason, you know, maybe they went to school a whole long time ago and they never got their national cert, which was fairly recently that they established that. So let's say you're a massage therapist who doesn't have the national cert who wants to work in San Francisco. So you would go there and you'd file for the license and the permit and you'd say, okay, I'm doing business as a massage therapist. And you'd look at all the rules they have. Well, they they might have as one of the rules, you have to take a test through the city and you have to be fingerprinted and you have to do all these things and you have to, you know, show references and you have to, you know, get your business license and all of this stuff. Now, Right next to right near San Francisco is San Bruno. Now you could be in San Bruno and go over there and say, "Well, you know, I've got a couple of people who I'm going to be working on in San Bruno," and they may say, "All right, you have to get licensed and fingerprinted and pay the fee, and it's usually about 150 and up for the fee that you would have to pay. You've got to do that for each and every city." If you have your national certification, then it makes it a little bit easier. And, you know, you just go in. You still have to report into each city, but you can go in, show them your national certification, and that makes the process a lot easier. Now, for energetic healers, it is a little trickier because there is no national certification system for alternative healing modalities. You can get a certificate. But as far as a national body that, that regulates it, there isn't one. Maybe we'll have one one day. That would be nice. But until that time, the 
city gets to decide how they view an energetic healer. And so we're going to continue on with the example of Reiki. And so let's say you're a Reiki practitioner who wants to practice in San Francisco. And so you would have to go, and they may qualify you in San Francisco as a massage therapist because often they'll add energetic healing under the massage therapy certification. And they'll say, okay, you've got to deal with the same things and, you know, be fingerprinted and pay the fee and all of that. Then you go next door into San Bruno, they could say, nope, we don't allow energetic healing at all. Or um, you have to have so many years. And, you know, or maybe they say, well, if you're working in an established office doing it, then it's okay. But if you're doing it individual, you're not. So each city, you know, here in California can have its own rules regarding what it is that you do. If you are going to receive payment for it, then you have to know what it is that um, applies to you. And so I would say the first thing, if you're considering entering into a career as a healer of whatever kind that you would like to be, make sure you know what the laws and regulations are in any city you're going to practice. Now, if you're going to set up an office, that makes it a lot easier because then you have your central office, you have one place where your bookkeeping is, and the practice is there. Now, let's say you've got a completely mobile practice. Well, then that means you're going to have to make sure you have it qualified for each and every place that you're at, each and every city. If you have, like, three areas that you go to or three cities that you go to, you have to make sure you know what's required of you in each and every one. And here in California, we had this amazing thing that passed in 2002, and it was Uh, California Senate Bill 577. And basically what that did was create a legal protection for alternative care practitioners, um, which includes energetic healers, it includes hypnotherapists, it includes um, everybody, you know, who does something that isn't regulated. And it's actually really very straightforward. You have a form that you have every patient look at, and it's a disclosure statement. Because the main problem is is that health or alternative care practitioners come up against what's called the Medical Practices Act. Now, the Medical Practices Act basically states that the only one who can diagnose, the only one who can treat, the only one who can... Um, advise a patient on a medical condition is a licensed physician. Now, when, and, you know, they can get into gray zones when you've got energetic healers saying, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, my thing will cure cancer and it will do this and it will do that. And and maybe it helps, maybe it doesn't. But the thing is, by saying it, you're now basically saying you're a doctor or practicing medicine without a license. The Senate Bill 577 allows a form that is like a disclosure form and that it states first that the practitioner is not a licensed physician. Now, unless you are, I, I am a licensed physician as a chiropractor. So my when I do energetic work, it's a little bit different. But anyway, 
that the treatment is an alternative or complementary healing art uh, that's licensed by the state. Now, it doesn't mean that it's regulated by the state, but basically it means that it's not illegal to do it. Now, the services um, are, you know, are lined up. This is what the service is. And, you know, and if the services is not, you know, sanctioned or if, if it's something that really most people don't know a lot about, then you need to state that, you know, this is something that is not common in this state or has no jurisdiction in this state. Um, you know, the theory as to why the treatment is being done and the training and experience of the person. So basically, if you have those five things on a form that the person who read the client, because you would not refer to them as a patient, you refer to them as a client, that the client can read, they sign it, they keep a copy, you keep a copy for three years, and this will protect you. And as long as you're not doing, you know, bizarre things like trying to do surgeries or, you know, stating that, you know, you are diagnosing conditions, and maybe you have a spirit guide that tells you this person has Crohn's disease, you can say that you might want to talk to your doc, maybe something's going on in the intestines. Because it is really easy to go into a gray area and then end up getting yourself into a whole lot of trouble because, you know, you're overstating things or, um, and, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about it. It's like, well, and, you know, the the standard, you know, Western medicine and, you know, they're all bad guys and all this. They really aren't. They're trying to help people feel better as much as we are. And the first thing, if you intend to become a professional healer, is to learn to play nice with everybody. And that is wonderful because you create a referral system. I, as a chiropractor, I've always been told, it's like, oh, MDs hate chiropractors and, you know, and you're considered, you know, barely real doctors and all of this other stuff. Well, I actually talk to MDs. And for the most part, they're fine with chiropractors, you know, and there may be a few things that they say, it's like, well, you know, some chiropractors say this and I really don't agree with that. And it's like, okay, I can I can hear you on that. But by creating a relationship with the Western medical community, it allows me to be able to have a referral system of saying, hey, you know, I've got this patient, they're doing this, they're, you know, these are the things that I'm picking up on. What do you think? You know, can I send them over to you? And they're usually really great about it, and they'll call me back up later and say, hey, you know, nice catch. You know, you really, you, you nailed down that, that what was going on, and, and we can help them out, and we can, you know, and then we co-manage. So wherever you are, find out what it is that the law states about what you want to do. Now, if what you want to do is either, you know, maybe it's from another country and it's not something that's known here, or maybe it's just a unique type of modality that maybe you created, you still need to be able to check and make sure that you are following city, state, and federal law. So, you know, decide what you want to do and then get into the research and find out what it is you need to know in order to take care of that in the best possible way. So then, now that we've got the, the 
law and logistics, you know, all of that stuff out of the way because I wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way, about having a healing practice or being a healer professionally. Maybe you work your own practice. Maybe you work with a group of other healers, which is really cool and really neat, and it allows for a lot of support. It allows for a referral network. It allows you guys to work on each other, which is really a lot of fun. And everybody has their own way of doing things. And it's really, really important to make sure that if you've decided, okay, you know, I'm going to become an energetic healer and I found these other folks and they're really cool and we're going to open up a practice together, there's a phrase, good senses make good neighbors. And a part of good senses that, you know, you want to establish is a contract. If you are working in a place with multiple healers, make sure you guys have something written down. Make sure the agreements are there so that everybody knows what the agreements are. Everybody knows what the financial obligations are. Everybody knows what the exit strategy is. What if somebody decides they don't want to stay in the practice and they're paying for like, you know, a quarter of the rent? You know, how is that managed? So whatever it is that you do, decide on what it is that you all agree will be the way that the businesses run. We get so wrapped up in doing the amazing and wonderful healing work we do, and we love it, and quite honestly, most of us would do it for free. Well, you're not supposed to do that, but we'll get to that in a minute. But the idea of treating it like a business, which honestly we need to do, we need to look at the business of healing as a business. Because when you do that, you make sure that it can run smoothly so that you don't have to worry about stuff that you, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, what are, what are the tax laws? What are, you know, all of these things? How am I going to market? Which is a whole another thing is when you're figuring out how to market yourself in what you do. It is important to really classify what it is you do. If you're a Reiki practitioner, that's fairly easy because there's a lot of, you know, information that you could say, okay, here's my little, if I had 60 seconds in an elevator with somebody, could I explain what I do? And I've spoken with practitioners and I said, well, what do you do? And they kind of go into a very convoluted, roundabout description, oh, well, it's energy and it creates balance and it does this. It's like, well, exactly what do you do? Well, and, you know, it, and it never quite lands. You want to look at somebody and say, oh, well, I'm a Reiki, Reiki practitioner, and that is a form of healing that is based on the idea that energy moves through the body, and by creating a harmonious flow, the body becomes well. And it's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, really, tell me more about that. So the idea is that, you know, whatever it is you're going to put on your business card, and yes, you need business cards, make sure that it conveys what you want it to convey. Your, your little statements, your little get their attention sentence that you use, run it past people, talk to people about it, say, you know, practice explaining what you do. So that that way other people can say, you know what, I don't get it. I, I don't understand what you're saying. Or, hey, that's really good. You know, you should write that down and put it on your website. 
which at some point you need to get a website. All of these things kind of add up as far as the idea of creating a business. Once you do this, once you get everything set up, then it makes it so much easier if you do that at the beginning rather than, you know, you're in business for a year, two years, and things are kind of chaotic and, you know, it's the business aspects are just really kind of eluding you. And then you have to go back and start back at square one and try to find work your way up. I would recommend a business plan. And you can go online and find templates for business plans, take some classes, and, you know, just figure out how to put the business together. Because the more the business plan is like the blueprint of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. The more detail you have in that piece, the easier it will be later on. And, I mean, you know, there's just, this topic just is all over the place. And, you know, it goes into, you know, banking and getting financial support and all these things. But really what it comes down to, and probably one of the most important things it comes down to, you know, it's, you know, finding somebody who can advise you on the business end. You know, finding somebody who can setting up an office. Really, the biggest thing for healers and the biggest problem for healers is that we get so wrapped up in healing that we don't take care of ourselves, which leads to the most important, the single most important aspect of the business of healing is that we take time to take care of ourselves. And this is really hard because especially if you go self-employed, if you're not working, you're not making anything. And so there's that desire, nope, I'm going to be at the office, I'm going to work 80 hours a week, I'm going to, you know, spend another 20 hours a week promoting myself. And while, yes, you know, in in the Reiki tradition, the grandmaster who was like the founder of Reiki is Dr. Usui. And Grandmaster Usui said two things. One, that a person should always ask for the healing. And second, there should be an exchange of energy for the healer's time. This exchange of energy can be payment. This exchange of energy can be barter. This exchange of energy can be, you know, maybe somebody who comes and cleans your office. But be really careful about doing what we call trade-outs. Now, trade-outs is when you, instead of um, receiving payment, it's service for service, so it's like a barter system. And it is important to keep track of, of those hours, to keep track of those things. And, you know, there are folks who will do things for me, and then it's like, okay, in exchange, I'll give you a, you know, they'll ask for a treatment. It's like, well, if you'll give me a treatment, I'll do this. But even with those, you want to keep a record of them. You want to keep them logged. And that's one of the little business things that, you know, you take care of. But, you know, because we want to work as many hours as possible to help build things, we don't take time to rest and rejuvenate and take time for ourselves. So healing is probably one of the best businesses that I could think anybody could ever be in. And it also has a very high demand. And that demand will get even higher if you don't set limits. So make sure that whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is, however you plan it, make sure you also plan for, I will take 
you know, two days a week off. You can decide which two days. I will not work past a certain time at night. I will not work before a certain time in the morning. I will make sure that the usually it is best to set appointments. A lot of times for walk-ins, you can accept walk-ins, but I have found that it makes it really difficult because then you end up with you can end up with you've got scheduled patients and then you also have walk-ins that come in and then if you're the only practitioner, it can be a very hairy afternoon. So by having appointments establishes you as a professional. It says, you know what, I'm a business person, I have hours, and do your best to stick to those hours. Now, as someone who is notorious for working through their lunch and somebody will call up, oh, my God, is there any way you can see me today? Okay, you know, I can have lunch later, which is not a good thing. I will acknowledge that. It, it is not a good thing, and I have been told several times, it's like, really, you can't do that. So, you know, learn from my errors that, you know, while that can happen, keep it as the exception, but not as the rule. Because when I first started, it was the rule. I worked through every day, any person that I could work on, I would end up working late at night. I'd agree to come in at dark 30 in the morning. So by setting yourself, setting your office hours, deciding, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make sure that I have time to eat lunch. I will make sure that I have time that you're not in the office. Part of that time is going to be marketing. I mean, it's not going to parties and stalking people. It's like, hey, don't you want me to do my particular work on you and following them around? It's about creating conversation. If somebody says, oh, well, what do you do? You have that, you know, the next thing you say it isn't conversation, it's a commercial. And so make sure that it comes across casually, make sure it comes across in a very friendly way, but give the information that is going to have the person go, really, tell me more about that. I never heard of that. And so have that ready. You are your own walking billboard. And the idea that you will be able to present yourself, you know, without that business card, and say, hey, you know, why don't you give me a call? And let me see if I can help you with somebody coming, oh, man, you know, my shoulder's really bothering me. And And being able to say, hey, you know what? There's this particular type of healing work that I do that I think may be able to give you some assistance. Here's my card. Why don't you, you know, give me a call, and we'll see if we can, you know, you can come in for a consultation, and we'll see what we can do for you. Create a calm, confident, and relaxed persona and, and, you know, that relaxed energy that invites healing, that invites people to trust, you are going to go really, really far in being able to build your practice. And allow yourself time because it does take time to build up a practice that is self-sufficient. This is not the time to, like, quit your regular job and say, oh, well, I'm going to go into healing full time. That is really, really, really hard to do. So make sure that you set up what you want to do. Talk to healers who are doing what you would like to do. Find out as much information as you can. And then start putting it together in a business plan. Then 
start looking at the colors for your drapes or all of that other stuff. You can imagine it. You can focus on it. But, you know, get those basics in, in place first, and it will make the whole system a lot easier. Always remember to take care of yourself. And always remember that the more that you take care of yourself, the better you can take care of others. So thank you for joining me, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. If you have an interest in going into the business of healing and you would like to speak in more detail with me, or if you wish to contact me about anyone else, anything else, you can contact me through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. You can also like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. So. Until next time, I wish you balance and I wish you blessings. I wish you the ability to build the business of your dreams no matter what it is. And if that business that you dream of is a business of being a healer, I wish you an amazing journey, even more amazing than the one I've had, and that one's been pretty amazing. I am blessed to do what I do, and I thank God for it every single day that I get to do what I do. And I was told once that if you love what you do, that is the best way to have a life well lived. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care.